Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUTs. After further review, we got David the Man of God Harris on the phone lines. What's up, David? What's up? What's up? So we got kind of recording in the studio, home studio today, and uh, how's it going? Not bad. It's definitely feeling a little bit like summer. Spring is in the air, mm-hmm. and basketball is winding down. Or I guess we're getting closer to the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. The playoffs, I believe they start next. Well, the playing games start next week, actually, here on, on 88.3 WXUT as you're listening to us. Uh, man, it's it's going to be kind of interesting, isn't it? And you got your thoughts, and I think the first one we're going to do, what are we going to do, winners and losers? Yeah, special winners and losers, NBA style. All right, hold on. Let me crank the music up. All right, David, go ahead. All right, special NBA edition of winners and losers, giving some love to the round ball. Start off with the winners first, the Number one overall seed in the East now clinched. That would be the Miami Heat. They were just sticking around, hovering at one time of Chicago. Then there was the, is it going to be Milwaukee at the top? Philadelphia kind of had a chance at one point. Boston started to creep up, but the Miami Heat just kept everyone at bay. And now the East if all things hold together, it has to run through South Beach. And we know South Beach takes down many a teams once the game is over and the fun begins. So, yeah. Not a lot. It, well, I mean, it, it has been an interesting year as far as the, the Bulls. They were number one in the East. But you guys are going to also have to understand, too, is that um, with the Bulls, they they had injuries. I mean, Lonzo Ball hasn't played since pretty much what the middle of February or early January, and then Alex Caruso after getting you know bridged by Grayson Allen with the the, the wrist injury, which he hasn't been the same player since th- that injury has happened. Um, that's really hurt. Yeah, and I mean, kind of that's probably the biggest reason why I think the Bulls fell down to where they currently are in the sixth seed. Is because of injuries because I think if they had stayed healthy, we had, and we had talked about this around the All Star break, they would they were thinking you know worst case scenario in that three four possibly with again at that time Milwaukee Philadelphia being one two and then Miami hovering around there possibly at the three. So yeah, and then obviously the big story more recently is even with Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam trying to fight each other. Like, they still were able to be cohesive enough at the end, kind of winning cures all ills and woes, and Miami got hot right at the end to really clinch that number one overall seed and in a season that really is open for the East. Well, I, 
here's the thing. I, I really think the, the East is now a little bit relevant. Everything is pretty much set in stone for them where they have the play-in game with Cleveland, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Charlotte. Um, obviously, the Wizards have been eliminated. The Knicks eliminated, which they had a disappointing season. Looked like they were on the upward swing, and for some odd reason, they are not on the upward swing. They are kind of going downward. Uh, so they didn't make the playoffs. The Pistons obviously didn't make the playoffs, and the worst record in the league is the Orlando Magic. They have they just went young, um, but they're just not they're not very good, which which is which is kind of sad actually. Um, uh, but I look at the top six because the playing game is, is interesting. Uh, the Cavaliers had an opportunity to do that, but the Bulls, they won this pretty much the season series. So even if they do tie with the next two games or so, the Bulls have won that. Uh, but if you look at these matchups, um, Boston could play Chicago, but Boston is hot. I mean, they, they, you remember early on they were kind of somewhat struggling, and then they made a couple of trades and got rid of some players, and that's what's, what's boosted them. 76ers, same thing with them. They made, the, obviously, the trade for um, James Harden and Ben Simmons. So that'll be interesting to see. That that series between them and the Raptors could be very interesting. And then, as he said, with the playing game, you don't know what's going to happen. I do think, though, nobody wants to play Brooklyn because that is just a wild card. I mean, their season, kind of like the Lakers, has been derailed by vaccine mandates or injury stuff that doesn't have to deal with basketball now obviously they were able to regroup get into the the, the play-in matchups hopefully they make it but I do believe Milwaukee matches up well with Brooklyn um, but I don't really think Miami might want to see Brooklyn if they if they end up being the eighth seed I do think that Miami would rather see Cleveland Atlanta or Charlotte yeah I, yeah I would agree I think Betting, you know, if we were a betting man putting fake money on it, if it was Miami, Brooklyn, I think the betting favorite would easily be Brooklyn just because we know at any given day, even if Jimmy Butler were to have a hot game or Tyler Hero have a hot game, I'm putting money on Kevin Durant going 40 or Kyrie going for a 35 and, you know, 15 assist game. Like, that's possible. And then four out of seven, even with Miami having home court, just that's yeah, that star power for Brooklyn is just going to be too much. But, but yeah, I think if you're Miami, you're hoping that Milwaukee ends up with Brooklyn, um, or Brooklyn gets eliminated, which again could be possible. It's you know, anything can happen in this play in tournament, not likely. But again, with Atlanta, that's another wild card because they were similar to a place where Indiana last year where there's a lot, or even the Knicks, where there's this young core and the expectations were them to be where Chicago is right now in that sixth spot. So they wouldn't have to be in this playing tournament. But again, Trey Young can just go off at any point. You just never know. So, but yeah, the East plans is definitely going to be interesting must-watch TV. Yeah, and, you know, prior, years prior, it was kind of like nobody really wanted to watch that. But if you think about it, um, yeah, Atlanta, even though they're second in the Southeast Division, it's kind of crazy. They're 10 games back, though. Ooh. Not the greatest division, but here's the thing with, with them. I, I just think that the 
the the the Hawks, another kind of could say another disappointing team. They ended up getting to the conference finals, and then this year barely making it to the playoffs after being in the in the playing game. Um, it just amazes me that you know. I just think that <laughs> you know what's crazy is that they made the trade um, for Kevin Knox and Cam Reddish, and if you think about it, well, how long have he, has he been in the league? Um, Knox has been three years. So same thing with Trey Young. Remember the summer league where Knox had did great the, their first year in the league, the summer league when they after just after, recently after they got drafted, and everyone thought that Trey Young was going to be a bust. Yep. <laughs> and they talked about Kevin Knox. This dude barely gets any minutes. It, it just it just amazes me how how things just work out that way. Um, Trey, they got Trey Young listed at six one hundred sixty four pounds. Wow. Um, but but he is ice cold though on that uh on that court and uh, you know also I give it up to Nate McMillan to changing the culture around because remember Lloyd Pierce was the coach early on that year and he got fired and everything turned around um, but I'm kind of a little bit disappointed in them too I thought they would have really done something really well but they just they just didn't and uh, we'll see what happens with the Hawks they could be a scary team as well I do think but. I think the scary team out of the playing matchup for for the Heat or the Bucks is the play of probably Brooklyn. But I think if Milwaukee and Brooklyn played each other, Milwaukee could possibly beat them because they beat them last year. Uh, but it would still be a great series. I mean, that'd be a great first round. I I do kind of wish though, David, that they went back to the five game series. I know that wouldn't happen now because of TV money. Um, but man, back in the day, those five game series, I mean, it really put a lot of emphasis on the first round and, you know, you got some great ups, upsets like in 94 with the Nuggets and the Seattle Supersonics where the Nuggets were the eighth seed and they beat the Sonics considering that ended up, um, uh, the Sonics blew out the Nuggets, just annihilated them and, um, you know that's the that was the crazy thing about it that year, and then the Nuggets came back and swept them three to two the final three games. Just a little NBA history for you. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of kind of get that education, school with these young young kids that just expect that the big teams are going to walk through. Nope, not in not in the round ball or even kind of the unexpected. Thinking about B Diddy and kind of. The, the Golden oh, the believe, State team before believe, Golden State was the you know yeah, the popular we, team. Yeah, the We Dallas. Believe team in I believe oh seven, I believe, with Steven Jack and them. Um yeah, and Monte Ellis. Uh, a lot of people probably couldn't even name most of those players on that team that are now Golden State fans. But hey, it, it is what it is. And we'll stick in the east with my loser before we jump into the West. Mm-hmm. The the whole Ben Simmons thing is just I, I don't know at this point what to do. Like, we keep thinking, okay, he's going to go to Brooklyn, change of scenery. They had the reunion. Or when he came back to Philly, he was just doing warm-ups, passing the ball, you know, joking on social media that Ben won't even shoot in the shoot-around in front of the Philly fans, even though he was right next to the basket for fear that, you know, he was going to miss it. Or just I, – I don't know – for Brooklyn moving forward, and obviously they said that he's not going to play the rest of the season. So, like, if you're Brooklyn, do you, like, what do you do with Ben Simmons? Or is Ben Simmons just going to be, like, he's not going to play again? Which at we thought, okay, leaving Philadelphia in the toxic environment, 
level if you want to sue to get your money just ridiculous like but yeah just i i just don't know what to think about ben simmons and we talked about it even last year when they were eliminated like like he doesn't look like he cares about the game and that's something that you mentioned several times and now i'm like starting to see it like he doesn't really want to play this is something to do I mean, it's been evident from the beginning. He's a talented basketball player. Talented. Um, but when you're somebody, I mean, he's just been blessed. He's six foot ten. Um, you know, extremely great athlete. Picked up the game of basketball. Was just extremely skilled. But the, the problem is, is that he's just he don't he doesn't really have that passion for the game. So any little thing to keep him off the court. He's going to be off the court. But this just, just is how he is. It's not taking away anything from his talents. You can talk about mental health, this and that. He doesn't he, he have no, no passion in the game. He, he, it's just something for him to do. He's just something that he's really talented at, and he made it to the next level. Now, some people might think that's unfair, but that's just how life goes. But that's just how it worked out this way. I'm not surprised by this at all. I mean, to me, and I said this when he got drafted, I believe. When did he get drafted? 2016? Sure. No. Yeah, 2016 NBA draft. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people this all the time. Remember, he played at LSU for one season, and they couldn't even make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I said that was already, to me, that was already a, a red flag. That, that For me, that, you know, you're that talented. They're talking about you're going to be the number one draft pick. Same thing with Mar- Markel Fultz. But you can't you can't get them into the NCAA tournament. I mean, you got that immense talent. I mean, let's, let's let's be honest with yourselves here. When you have that immense talent like that, you, you could just take in basketball. You could just take over football a little bit different. I mean, unless you probably play the quarterback position, but then again, though, you still need um, some a lot of help. Uh, and, and that to me was 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 really stark, you know, red alert to me. But people still chose him. But at the end of the day, though, like I said. That this is just how he is. This is just something for him to do, and whatever little thing's gonna happen, he's gonna sit out. You know, if he has an ankle injury or he has a foot injury, there's some players just like that. It's been going on in the NBA for years. It's just that sometimes it's with the lesser players that aren't that don't have the talent like uh, Ben Simmons, so you don't notice it as much. But a guy like a Ben Simmons who's extremely talented. You know, he just don't have that Mamba mentality. He just doesn't. It's just not his makeup. Yeah, and just kind of even looking back at that 2016 NBA draft, it's kind of <sighs> like that draft was a mid draft. Kind of looking at the players, like top five was Simmons, Brandon Ingram, who kind of got forced out of LA once LeBron got there. But he's having a decent career in in, in New yeah. Orleans. It's just that it's New Orleans, and no one pays attention to them. Yeah, Jalen Brown in Boston went third from Cal, and he's basically the Robin. Quasi Robin to, um, nah, he's putting up he's putting up some numbers though up in Boston. He's part of the main reasons why Boston got to fifty wins this year. So those are actually three solid picks. Who else? And then four was Dragon Bender, who spent most of his time in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Dunn rounded out the top five, and he went to Minnesota. Who? Chris Dunn? Yeah. Then he ended up in Chicago and fell on his face, and then he was in the G League. Oh uh, yeah, Chris Dunn just 
just couldn't find a fit anywhere. And, and part of the problem, I think, also with Chris Dunn was immensely talented, but no consistent jump shot. And you, and it, it, when you're a guard, and especially in this league now, it's you know, it's a, you got It's important that you got to hit the jump shot and consistently. I say consistently hit the jump shot. Almost every NBA player can hit a jump shot, but to consistently hit it, and that's the, the I think the problem with Ben Simmons is. Can Ben Simmons hit jump shots? Yes. But can he hit it consistently and contest it? No. And there's where his problem is, his downfall. Yeah, in this league, and that's why part, and we've basically been saying it, and you can go back to some of those scouting reports coming out of LSU for Ben. It's like, hey, you got to shoot. You got to shoot. And it was just, nope, I'm going to attack the basket. I'm going to attack the rim. And that's going to be my game, which is great in college when, you know, you have the size advantage. You can just kind of bully anyone. But Well, he still has a size advantage in the NBA, 6'10". There's nothing wrong with him attacking the basket. He can attack the basket. He can he can pass it out. you got to surround him with some shooters. Now, he could have been like the new age Magic Johnson. Because Magic Johnson couldn't shoot a lick in the league until way towards the end of his career. But that man could get to the basket and, you know, pass it off. So that that was what was great for him. Same thing with Ben Simmons. But the thing about it, too, is, though, if you're going to get to the basket and you're going to draw the foul, you got to make the freebies at the free throw line. So I don't really have a problem with him doing that. And you don't have to be a three-point shooter. As long as you can get it in the post, it, it, here's the thing. You're six foot ten, so you're going to be a matchup problem for anybody. If you actually put a six foot ten stretch four on him, he's quick enough to get around them, get to the basket. All right, I'm gonna try to put a six five six six guy on you, that's a little bit quicker, but well, I'm taller than you. Okay, I'm gonna get you in the post. I'm gonna you know back you down, hit that consistent turnaround jump shot. He don't have that in his game. Or if they you know they just stand there and let you open, you can just knock that jumper down. I mean, he he could be an elite level player. You know, he could almost be like. A left-handed, well, LeBron is actually left-handed, if people don't know that. But a left-handed playing LeBron, if he wanted to. But I just don't think that's really the mindset, the mental mindset. It's just not there for it. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's going to be that conundrum of the Ben Simmons saga. I'm, I'll be curious and you know, 10 years time whenever this 30 for 30 comes out. Because there's going to be one on Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And kind of the ben, the whole well, really the Philadelphia over the last decade with drafting Markel Fultz and then Ben Simmons and then the Joel and B and kind of just all those relationships. I really want to see that thirty for thirty, just to kind of see um, what transpires. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now switching to the West, another team that will probably end up having a thirty for thirty if even only locally, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And I have them as a winner because the thing about young teams is, and we just talked about it, you want to see that consistency mm-hmm. kind of. And really Memphis has really taken that step into being considered a top-tier perennial contender. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Phoenix is still that step above just because they're playing lights out of their mind. But you hate the the more and more we see John Morant on the court, the more it's like this kid is going to be like he his sky has no limits. 
And I think the core of this Memphis team, they can outscore you, but then they can get into that classic Memphis grit and grind and just dogfight it. Like, I like and enjoy watching Memphis play basketball again. Yeah, it, it is it is interesting basketball that they play. I like it too. And and I know Jabba Rand won't get like MVP obviously because it's going to go to Nikola Jokic, but like this this team, and even when he's out, there was you know they went thirty and four this year mm-hmm. with John Morant out. Like they don't even need John Morant to be good. That's the mm-hmm. scary thing. Because they, they need John, this John team Morant is just, to do yeah. if they want to advance in the playoffs and get to the to the conference They'll finals him, yeah. or the finals. You need John Morant. I mean, regular season, great team. This is where you you, you got a superstar, a, burg, a emerging superstar, and a great team around them. And, and and like I said, this is where you know that this team could be special. Superstar goes down, they fill in, they don't lose a beat. That's what you want. Less work for the superstar. Now, if the superstar goes down and your team just flounders, that's supreme concern because as you get further down in the playoffs, let's be honest, you're just not blowing into town. Okay, thanks, and then see you later. I'm out of here. It's more or less um, you got a seven-game series. They're breaking down everything. They know everything about you. They're going to take everything away from you. So you, you gotta think to yourself, well, what can we do here? So that's that's good. That's actually a good thing. And then once they get, you know, I believe once they get Morant back, it could be scary. Keep yeah. Going. And and in a potential matchup that they could face in the playoffs after the playing game, the LA Clippers, the forever second team in LA. Like, a lot of people thought that they were dead to rights. And the Clippers, the entire season, has just been hamster wheel 500. And well, yeah, coming because into the they, season, they don't I have was Kawhi. Thinking, they don't have Kawhi Leonard or Paul, Paul George. George for a while. So Yeah, yeah but to even remain at, at or around 500 without arguably your two best players shows a lot for the Clippers organization and kind mm-hmm. of how... They're running things. But, yeah, I thought without those two, they would be hovering kind of in the 30, 35 win range. Mm-hmm. But now that Paul George is back, he's clicking, kind of the chemistry, like everything's finally coming together. I don't want to say that they're a dark horse just because the top six in the West are just a step above, but it could be a similar situation where they could steal one and then make things, make people nervous. But yeah, just challenge for the Clippers because they rarely get love because everything in LA is just all about Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. It's always been a Lakers town. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it still will be. No matter what the Clippers do, it'll always be a Lakers t- uh, town. I mean, the Clippers could do, I mean, they've, they've done some things where it's pretty cool that. You know, they, they when it's a Clippers home game, they make it with the Clippers feel. They cover up all the Lakers banners and put the Clippers stuff up there. But at the end of the day, you know, now they're going to be in their own arena, I believe, up in Inglewood in a couple of years, maybe next year, a couple of years. Uh, I, I still think even if they win a championship, 
it'll still be a Lakers town. I mean, it just is what it is. But I do like how Steve Ballmer, the new owner, is really making them first class. Now, you might be second in the Lakers town, but you could still do some damage in the league, and that's what I like about it. But just the Clippers just having decades of bootiness, so to speak, can't make up for it. I wish, I, you know, to be honest with you, I understand they want to be in L.A., and it's great. But I, I maybe San Diego might not just be really a great town for sports because the Chargers left. But I would think if the Clippers wanted to be number one somewhere, moving away from L.A. would probably be their best bet. But probably being number one in San Diego is worse than being number two in L.A. Crazy yeah, as it sounds. Yeah, you think even the history with basketball in San Diego, I mean, the like San Diego had the Rockets before they jumped ship and have just some of the other basketball history. And I said, yeah, it's hard to have that many basketball teams and you really can't go. You can't go to San Francisco because the Warriors are there, even though I mean, why would they, they want to Francisco? Yeah, they want to claim Oakland, even though they're now in San Francisco, but they want to claim the whole Bay. Mm. I mean, it's, well, the other big city is Sacramento, and granted, there is a basketball team there, so maybe they could be the best team in Sacramento. No, I, I, but, I, I mean, picked San Diego because they don't have a team. That's why I picked yeah. the San Diego, because they don't have a team there. Now, it makes no sense from them to you know go all the way. Now, some people could say, well, what about Anaheim? Be the Anaheim Clippers. Um, you're still in the L.A. area, so you still be you know second fiddle. But, yeah. You know, just like the L.A. Angels. You know, they were the Anaheim Angels. They kind of had an identity being the Anaheim Angels. But then, you know, when you become the L.A. Angels, it's like, okay, I get it, but you're never going to eclipse the Dodgers. This is the same situation here. The the Clippers will never really eclipse the Lakers. The Lakers can have probably 20 more losing seasons, and people will always – like the Lakers. I mean, they're they're basically the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. Yeah, the New York Yankees, like, everyone's going to love them regardless. Mm-hmm. So they're still going to be... They're, they're basically right. America. Everyone's right. favorite team is the Lakers, regardless of what part of the country you live. There's always going to be a Lakers fan. I mean, think about it. You, you, when you think of New York, you think of the Yankees, or do you think of the Mets? Yankees. Exactly. Keep going. Yeah, and I mean, since we're talking about the Lakers, we'll switch over to the losers and kind of the, the America's favorite basketball team, the Lakers. Just injuries. Also, the experiment didn't work. Like, all the expectations preseason, they're going to win the West, and obviously you can't account for injuries, um, including being ten, going 10 and 30. Since January 7th, losing their last eight straight. But, yeah, this Lakers experiment didn't work. And obviously the entire, or since the Lakers were eliminated from contention, the entire conversation was it's Russell Westbrook's fault. It's like, it's not just Russell Westbrook. There are other players on the team. Like, he gets the big majority of the share because he was the marquee name That's that was that third in that quote-unquote big three. But, yeah, this team was just, like, the chemistry was not there from the jump. And when injuries, like, add in injuries, add in the fact that everyone's getting older, like... But a lot of people even said that the Lakers weren't going to be very good. 
Remember, a lot of people was like the, the, the old age and everything like that that they just weren't gonna be good. <laughs> they were gonna be good. I mean, the person the blame you can say it's Westbrook, but it's LeBron. You know, LeBron kind of used his clout as a star player, and I think it's somewhat LeBron and it's somewhat Lakers management. They let him overstep his boundaries and, and, and instead of knowing knowing your role but we live in a nowadays where you don't want to upset the star but you know when you look back on things like this the one thing that made the Chicago Bulls dynasty great was that Jerry Krause even though he was quirky even though he didn't have the best of relationships with people he was like a uh, almost an NBA scout savant like he just had a knack of picking up talent even though he probably couldn't shoot a layup he just knew what talent was and how to mix it together and make a good chemistry and there was times Jordan would go in there and say this is what I want do, 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 do this and Krause would be like no we're going to do it this way I, I know what I'm doing man you, you go out and play basketball and I'll supply the right fit for you and your skill set and that's what he did in this instance, the Lakers management just said, well, yeah, LeBron, this is what you want. Even though we might have a deal for Buddy Hill that would probably have been a better fit for the Lakers. I mean, let's be honest, it, that would have been a better fit. Um, yep. Also, um, DeMar DeRozan, come to find out DeMar DeRozan, the Lakers look like the same, their organization was coming in to bring him in. That would have been a better fit. Said he wanted Westbrook. Because they're buddies, because they know each other. He thinks he's got the star power. It didn't work out. And the management should have been doing what they were supposed to be doing as management and saying, we're going to make these personnel decisions. And LeBron, we appreciate your input. You, you know, we like the fact that, you know, you, you, you want to have this input, but we're going to go in this direction. And then he, then you just make it work on the court. I mean, anyone that knows anything about basketball Westbrook has been like this for the last five years this is how he's played you just never realized it because he wasn't on the main stages of the LA Lakers I mean it's the Lakers you know he was in OKC in Washington those teams don't get national coverage like that but Westbrook has been playing this is how Westbrook has actually been playing the last even in the MVP year he's ball dominant and he goes out, and he's, he's somewhat reckless. He just goes all out. That's why he gets all those rebounds. But he's a very much, he gets points off of volume shooting, and he misses a lot from shooting. He's never been able to shoot. His whole career, he's never been able to shoot. He's been able to drive to the basket, elevate, get fouled, go to the free throw line. But if you thought that he was going to be some outside shooter, no. And LeBron, if you know, as you know, throughout his career, especially the Miami and the Cleveland days, he has to be ball dominant. He has to have the ball in his hand and be the maestro and then distribute. Well, that doesn't really mix with Westbrook because Westbrook needs to have the ball and dictate the tempo of the game, which is more of an up-paced tempo. He's not a type of guy that's going to be out on the floor, let LeBron get in the, the, the paint, or he's going to go over to the weak side and let LeBron drive and LeBron kick out to him. It doesn't fit. doesn't work doesn't work at all it just doesn't it just this is how it doesn't work and th and that's where the ball fell 
I think yeah. it was a little bit of half of blame on LeBron, half of blame on the Los Angeles management. And then you feel bad for Frank Vogel because the guy went and won a championship two years ago, and now everybody's saying he's a trash coach. But look what you got on paper. I mean, it's just a straight doo-doo roster. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, I was I was looking at this. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Carmelo Anthony, Hall of Famer, he, he did what he was supposed to do. He was going to spread the floor. He fits with LeBron because he can spot up and hit jump shots. And then at times, if LeBron's on the bench, you can, he can have a couple Carmelo flashbacks. But you have DJ Augustine that's coming in. You know, He's been bounced in the league the last three or four years. Kent Bazemore, mm, Avery Bradley hasn't done anything in the last two years. Then you have Anthony Davis, who's prone to be injured a lot, and you brought him in, and then once they won the championship, the dude was out of shape. So you knew that. Th- that was another thing. The Lakers, I heard, was believing to ex- is to explore uh, trading Anthony Davis for some assets. LeBron didn't want that to happen. You he know, Wayne Anthony Ellington. Davis to be the heir apparent. But, but, but he's not. He's not a number one yeah. guy. I mean, if you've yeah. watched Pelicans basketball, that's enough, right? I mean, sometimes some of these things are just obvious to someone that that watches basketball. He's—I don't even know if he's a number two. I mean, he's—he just doesn't have it in him. Taylor Hutton, Horton, Turk, Tucker—they really, you know, you know, boasted about him. But I think that was a LeBron buddy. The White Howard on the way out. Stanley Johnson, this dude, I was like, what the heck? He hasn't been in the league for a while. They signed him. Then I started realizing this is going to be interesting. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn didn't even really play. Austin Reeves, eh, he's okay. I said, you got rid of all the players like Alex Caruso who fit, does his role, rebounds, plays D, locks up, and can hit a shot consistently if you get into the double team. You know, you got rid of the young dudes, Lonzo Ball. You know, guys like that that really could have held you, Ingram. He wanted to get you rid of the young guys and bringing these other guys in. You, this is what you get with with LeBron James. He knows it. He comes in. He wants to win now. You, you try to do that, and then he leaves, and you got nothing but a mess. He did it to Miami. They kind of rebounded. He did it to the Cavs. It just this is just the way it is, but. You know, nobody wins. Nobody wins. And I, it's reported that Frank Vogel will probably be let go. But kind of shameful, though, because he just, he just didn't have anything. Nothing. No. Yeah, and like, he's he's trying to go younger. The organization is trying to kind of think about the future. And LeBron's, you know, like you said, he's bringing in his guys. He's bringing in kind of the clutch sports kind of people in his sphere of influence to the detriment of the long-term kind of the lake show. Like it's gone from the lake show to just being the Lakers now. <laughs> it's like, there's not that. Like, yeah, when LeBron's on the court, yeah, you know, he can still be dynamic and everything. But when you think of the history, like what's going to be, like what is this team going to look like next year? If Mello retires, you got to fill that spot. If Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard retires, or if they well, like those guys, Avery Bradley, or well, if Avery Bradley retires and Carmelo Anthony retires, that's almost two four million off the books. Dwight Howard retires, that's about five point five million off the books. Yeah, I mean, they already waived Trevor Ariza, so that's more money. 
Right. I mean, what you, what you were bringing in was just was it was it was sad. It was just I don't know. I, I looked at it. and I just thought to myself, this is this is stupid. You know, Trevor, people just passed their primes. Guys that were really great maybe four or five years ago, this would have been like, oh, cool. But it's just not. It's just, no. There's no. And and the Lakers should have stood up to LeBron. But then again, their organization is a mess as well. So when you don't have, once again, if if you notice something, I've said this all the time, there's a reason why teams are bad. More times than not, we've said this on the show, just look at the organization and how it's ran. That's where you get most of your answers. Genie Bus and them. This isn't this isn't a tight knit ship like it used to be. You got magic calling people out. You got the Ramesses running things, and you know the Ramesses don't have a great resume as it is. So it's just like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's just. It'd be interesting if you're a Lakers fan now that you know it's the off season. Yeah. You start thinking about draft picks, but then it's also if LeBron's still going to be there, is he going to try to wiggle his magic? And like you said, can ownership and management be like, look, this is the direction that we're going with the draft. Like we value your opinion, but this is what this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, continuing on with the losers, Houston. Even though we kind of knew that they were going to tank and be bad. But this has, like, been historical bad. Like, I'm doing research. Like, this is the worst two-season stretch, back-to-back seasons that the Rikers have had horrible records. What since you expect? I... What? What did you expect? I mean, I thought it would be bad, but not this bad. Like, like historical kind of god-awful bad. Like, yeah, so, like, since... We're, yeah, worst two season stress since 1982, 83, and 1983, 84. So that was, for all the historians, that was the end of Elvin Hayes' career. And then in 80, 84, they drafted some guy named Ralph Sanson. So it's like, it's been that long since the Rockets have had two seasons. I thought they drafted Ralph, Sa- I thought they drafted Ralph Sampson in 83, and then Hakeem in 84 was 84. The, number one, the number one draft pick over Mike. You know, when Hakeem, Sam Bowie, and Mike Jordan in 84. I think Ralph Sampson was there in 83. Yeah, so 83-84 was Sampson's rookie season. That was the season that they went 29-53, um, and 53, mm-hmm. where they were also the... Yeah, so that was Elvin Hayes' last mm-hmm. season of his career. But yeah, it's... I don't know. Like, obviously, we were thinking once you trade away James Harden, you're basically trading away your only offensive player, if we're just going to be honest. And then trying to get younger... And they're really embracing the tear it down and rebuild from scratch project. Like you bring in Mobley and or not Mobley, but um, uh, blanking on his name, Jalen Green. Jalen Green, and uh, he's shown flashes. There's still a lot of hype and expectations for Green uh, to really be the centerpiece. You get a trade from Cleveland. Kind of with Kevin Porter. Well, you also got John Wall on the books who hasn't played a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's enough. Of, ton of money. 44 million. And <laughs> 40, $44 million. And they told him to kind of just, you know, get out of here. We don't want you around. Yeah. yeah but yeah, Houston's just in that massive 
start from scratch, Kristen Wood with your big as your big man, Jalen Green as kind of your focal point, old man Eric Gordon, who let's just be honest, I mean at this rate, he might get traded to the Lakers because they're just looking for old guys. I mean he's thirty three. I don't well, I guess that's old and well here's the thing. You look at what you got all out here. And I understand going younger. I get that. But when you go younger, you're going to get some actual talent. I mean, we've said this. I've said this before on the show. It's a grown man's league. You're never going to win with youth. Never. Professional sports is different than college. It's different than high school. Different set of rules. Athleticism. The whole game changes. And especially in the game of basketball. Jalen Green was not going to do anything for you. And I, I don't really think... He's not going to live up to being a great player. To, do I? I think he'll be an excellent player. I think he'll be an all-star. Do I think Jalen Green will be a superstar? No. I just don't. I don't see it at all. I mean, I mean, he he's good, but I I don't I don't I just don't see. It. I mean, he's played sixty-five games. He averages seventeen points a game. I mean, if he really works on his game, could he get up there? But do I think, personally, do I think he'll be like a James Harden? No. I just think he'll be a kid that'll be really athletic and entertaining. But I think, you know, you're looking at Mobley and Cleveland and Cade Cunningham are going to be guys that you're going to be looking at. Like, okay, those are the right picks for those teams. Kenyon Martin Jr., role player. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., you don't know where his head's going to be, role player. Then you picked up Dennis Schroeder, which is kind of interesting. You know, didn't really fit in in L.A., went to Boston. Once they got rid of him, their team started winning a lot, and then he goes over to um, Houston. Houston's got to find a way to get rid of John Wall, though, with that uh, big big contract. That can really free up a lot of stuff just to ask him to go home. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just what it is. It's just, it's just a bunch of – names on a roster and just a bad mix of players. Yeah, I mean, like situations like this, it's obviously like you put the younger players through the growing pains and everything. But if you're a fan of the Rockets, it's like you're going to be, you know, record-wise, if if it was back in the day where records dictated kind of draft order, you would have a top two pick. But with the lottery, you just never know. But yeah, it's it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough situation if you're a Houston Rockets fan. Mm-hmm. Any more? And the, the the last one, kind of bringing a full circle, what players who were supposed to be the face of the franchise, Zion Williamson, another like, I it's different than Ben Simmons because I think Zion wants to be there. I just think he just his body needs to get in shape. Like, like he just needs to well, we get talk, his body. Didn't we talk about that, that on this show, though? Basically, since high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, did we? I mean, we we talked about that. While it, it, the thing is, he has to be in shape. If he's in shape, he'll be an uh, incredible player. But I could already tell by his body build, it was going to be difficult for him to stay in shape. It is what it is. Yeah, and just yeah, just kind of the. If you think about New Orleans and the way that they're trying to go with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum as kind of the focal points, if you can get in uh, and even Lonzo, kind of you have that core there. But kind of yeah, what what do you do with Zion? Is he actually going to be able to be healthy, or is it going to be 
where he sits out another season trying to recover, trying to get his body into basketball shape. Mm. And just another number one overall pick that just can't get on the court. <laughs> I wish him the best, though, and see what happens. And that's that's it for the special NBA winners and losers on the eve of the play-in tournament that probably should be in Dayton, but I guess probably won't be. Yeah, that, that, that is true. Well, thanks, David. Well, once again, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we return, what is it? You going to talk a little bit about LeBron? Because it's kind of an NBA thing here. Yeah, should LeBron chase the record or should he chase his kids around enjoying his retirement? Mm, talking about retirement already. Wow, David. Listen to 88.3 WGTs After Further Review. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes. It's at WGTs After Further Review if you want to listen to this segment. We're always usually on WXUT around 1130 to 1.30. Or if not, we're just recording in the home studio like we're doing today. Um, back with more here on 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review.